Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 114 of the Big Show, some Enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another Sunday? Wacky Sunday. How was everybody's week? Or I guess if you're listening to it on Monday, we're beginning the week, another week. Um, yeah, guys, uh, to be completely honest, uh, for today's show, I, I really struggled to find, uh, things to talk about. Um, not even really, I don't want to say I'm not mad. That's not true. Not mad. Mad's not the right word. Irritated, I guess, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of, eh, you know, about it all. I just kind of, whatever. Like I said, there's lots of, you know, we all got, everybody's got things in their lives, right, that are going on. But, yeah, just sort of roll along into the into the dog days of summer. And, you know, the work days are getting a little long. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Just sort of, uh, well, we're really starting this show off, to, uh, show off hot, aren't we? A little blasé to begin with. Um but no, I'm, I, I've came up with, I, I, yeah, I came up with some topics, not even really topics as I was just kind of scrolling, as I always say, usually social media is a very good, um, uh, place to go to come up with, um, topics or at least, uh, get irritated enough to start yelling about things. Um, and really, I mean, that could be, yeah, you know. It could be a 20-hour episode of yelling at the stupidity of social media. I mean, that's, I don't know. Social media is the death of common sense, I think. But, uh, you know, um, but I will say a couple topics did actually just fall into my lap literally 10 minutes ago. So uh, we'll talk about that. Um, but for all that, um, again, uh, there's around here we do, for the new listeners, um, Two episodes a week. Wednesday is usually an interview show, and then Sunday is whatever this happens to be—the rant show, shit show Sunday, whatever you want to call it. Um, usually, I just sort of rant about different topics that irritate me that have come up, or if they're topical issues of the day, or um, if I happen to have found something, or reading a you know online, oh, a top ten list, or whatever. You know, that's kind of what this show is. This show really. It's kind of like a Seinfeld episode, really. It's a show about nothing. We just sort of yell and yell at the clouds. Um, but uh, this past Wednesday, I had uh, Adam Huxley on as a guest. And he had been a guest. I had had him on before um, for a full-length interview of his career. I believe, off the top of my head, I believe it's episode 51, um, which was his full-length episode. Um, and he was a great guest. And I really enjoyed talking to Adam. Uh, cool story. 
you know, played junior here in Saskatoon with the Blades and then went out and played in Seattle and, uh, and played 10 years pro. And um, while, while he was in Las Vegas, um, of course, that was sort of right in the big boom of the UFC and, and that type of thing. And uh, he ended up uh, becoming friends with the Diaz brothers. So that's interesting in itself. Well, he played for Stockton as well. And that's I think that's where he ran into him. And then, um, yeah, and we just uh, talked about a lot of things. Um, anyway, um, I've also been doing kind of a little series lately called The Five Toughest Opponents, and uh, where I get sort of past guests on. And, uh, yeah, that's just self-explanatory. We talk about their five toughest guys. And um, maybe not – and some guys have taken it at different times in their careers, or, and others have just said, oh, these are the five toughest guys ever fought. And, you know, whatever. I just give them the topic, and uh, and we just sort of, you know, go go from there And um, as they're talking about the guys. So – and I've had, you know, Sean McMorrow on, Riley Emerson, Josh Mazer, Chris Graff. I've had different guys on to to do this. And uh, last episode was Adam. I had him back on. And it was a lot of fun. Like I said, a lot of fun talking to him. And uh, yeah, so please go back and uh, check out that back back, uh, episode, um, as well as all the other episodes. Like I said, uh, this is episode 114. So I've interviewed lots of guys from Roman Volpat, Clark Wilm, Steve McIntyre, John Morasti, on and on. Um, Yeah. So uh, definitely go back, check out the back catalog, some great stuff. Uh, really proud of those interviews. Um, I know now, um, I don't know how long have I been on Facebook for? Uh, I don't know, I'll say four or five months. Um, but before that, um, and I will say with, with the Facebook, it had certainly um, opened me up to a new audience. Um, as a lot of guys, like before that, other than, I don't know, word of mouth and Twitter, my show really, you know, I wasn't on Facebook. Um, I, I, I would sometimes um, advertise, so to speak, in Alex's Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook, but not very often. Um, more so after his podcast was over with. Um, I don't know. I always kind of felt like it was reaching into another man's fridge, right? I was kind of like, eh. You know, even though he was like, go ahead. I just kind of always felt a little weird about that. But um uh, although now he's coming back, so maybe I'll feel weird again, but, uh, but no, so I decided, um, although despite Alec telling me a million times to do it, um, I finally got on Facebook and created a show page and, um, and I will say, I think that has really opened me up to a lot of, of new listeners, um, in terms of, um, like I said before, guys weren't on Twitter, right. And, uh, and it's actually opened up quite a, quite a large, um, um, opportunity to to get guests uh, and you know from Derek Reynolds, Marco Cefalo, um, guys like that. Um, that's all been through Facebook um, because they're not on Facebook or uh, they're not on Twitter. So um, yeah, it's been really good. And like I said, I've ended up talking to a bunch of players um, through Facebook, and um, I think I have a number of interviews, sort of uh, you know tentatively uh, speaking, set up. Um, right now we're sort of, we're in the middle of selling our condo and, uh, and work is getting a lot busier. Um, this is sort of my busy time of year, uh, June, July, and August. So it's, um, it, it's really hard. And of course, and then with the kids being almost out of school and, you know, family vacations or time at the lake on the weekends and stuff to try to get guys to, you know, commit to a two hour interview is tough right now. So, um, so bear with me. But uh, I'm rambling. That wasn't really the point of what I was saying at all. But, uh, oh, stay focused, man. Jesus. 
But, uh, what was I saying? Oh, with the back episodes on Facebook. Um, like I said, when I, when I interviewed Morasti and McIntyre and all these guys, I wasn't on Facebook. So, um, I like to kind of post up the old episodes on Facebook now and again on Fridays and stuff to, uh, let the, let a lot, let, just let people know that they're, that they're out there. So, um, anyway, besides me posting on Facebook, as I said, if you're tuning in cause you're a new listener from Facebook, uh, please go back and check out the back catalog. She does a real roundabout way to get to that point. But, uh, thank you as you'll, as you'll find as the, weeks and months wear on I tend to meander around as I'm sometimes do on these Sunday episodes but uh, anyway uh, before we get into the topics um, as I said I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network there's over 50 shows on the network whatever NHL team you're a fan of there is a show for you so of course now we're down to four right so those um, every NHL team is represented on the network so I mean obviously what 28 28 podcasts are on the outside looking in and there's four left. So, um, you know, and those guys will be busy talking about the, you know, each game and recapping each, uh, you know, as the, as the playoffs progress. Right. So, um, uh, teams where they're eliminated, I, you know, I don't know what they're talking about on those shows, uh, draft picks and what they need and free agents and salary cap. And I don't know what, whatever teams, whatever, fans of those teams talk about I don't I don't know I don't I don't care I, I don't I don't uh, not that I'm saying don't listen to their show I just I, I don't watch this shit so I don't care I, I literally don't care so uh I can't tell you what they're talking about much like I can guarantee they're not listening to my show so they they don't know what I'm talking about but um and and listeners I'm sure of, of either shows are not listening, so I don't know. Why am I even telling you this? No, I guess I have some fans that listen, I guess. But, you know. No, it was it was a topic that I actually had mentioned on Facebook the other last Sunday. I was out at the in-laws and uh, actually sat through both, uh, both of those games and... I, I, I'm not being a wise ass, but literally, I seriously, I don't know how anybody can watch this shit. I, you know, I mean, I guess if you're, like I said, if you're 16 and you grew up with it, you don't know any different than whatever. But if you're older than 30, how you can sit and watch this pond hockey horse shit and think this is exciting hockey is beyond me. Um, I don't know what's exciting about it. Like there is nothing happening. It's fast, and I mean, the athletes are really good. I'm not saying that, but um, it, it's nothing. It's a bunch of nothing. It, it's back and forth, and, you know, and then, oh, there's a penalty, and, oh, they scored on the power play. Yay, rinse, repeat. Oh, scrum, everyone talking, no one drops a glove. There's headlocks and a bunch of yapping and blech, nothing. It's, I don't know. I, I laughed at how Vegas rattled off four straight wins after fucking Reeves slapped the shit out of Graves. That was kind of funny. So you think there's any coincidence? I don't know. I guess all these teams that sit in scrums and laugh and think everything's a big joke, it's, it, I noticed it's interesting. They're, none of them are advancing. I don't know. It's always fun until it comes down to nut-cutting time, and then, you know, 
they disappear. It's interesting how that works. But, I mean, really, Graves, Reeves slaps around Graves. No one does anything about it. Nothing happens. And you end up losing four straight games after that. Is it a coincidence? Yeah, I don't know. Not that I'm saying, but I think it's just more of the attitude, right? And um, it's (laughs) nature over nurture, right? And it's, I don't know, it's uh, these teams that just, that impose themselves, physically impose themselves, or as you want to bully the other team, you notice how successful they are? And I mean, this isn't new shit. I mean, this has been as old as the hills. Contrary to social media's belief that it's analytics and as long as we create the right culture, you know, as long as our players are free to express themselves and it's a fun atmosphere for everybody. Oh, okay. You notice they never win. That's the one thing. I mean, and, you know, and one fan base can point at the other fan base and blah, blah, blah. You're all a bunch of fucking losers. Like, I don't give a shit who you cheer for. By making this statement doesn't make me a Knights fan. Oh, he's a Knights guy. No, I'm not. I don't give a shit. Doesn't matter to me. I just found it amusing. I like Reeves, though. But it's like, it's just a, it's a never-ending story. It just never goes out of fashion. Just exerting your will onto someone is always successful. It never changes. Year after year after year, and no matter how much the nerds and how much how many math problems they come up with and all their number crunching and everything else, it never changes from year to year to year. And it's like, you know, you see all these dorks with their little analytics shit. They come up with, well, actually, technically, the Leafs should have won. Did they, though? No. So you better go back and check your your schematics there, Poindexter. Because you know what makes them win? The shit you can't do a math problem for. So, you know. And they they'll they'll argue with you till the cows come home. That's not true, you know. But it's just like like Joe brought up the other in one of his past episodes. They have they have expectation stats, expected score, expected goals, like so. It, it basically it's a guess. You know, oh, we're expecting that. Well, you know, guess that didn't work. How are you, what, in what world is basing your, building a team around assumptions, expected, expected outcomes? Well, that's called the favorites. I mean, Vegas has been doing, gamblers have been doing that since, uh, for a hundred years. But there's also a thing called the underdogs, and underdogs win a lot. So, I, I've, I can't remember what the stat was. I just laughed my ass off when Joe brought it up. It's like expected goals. Oh, okay. 
what what does that mean? Like, like, I mean, it's rhetorical. I know what it means, but it's just like, that makes zero sense to me. But yet these bozos will put all this stock. And I'm not saying analytics aren't uh, valuable. Yeah, there are certain stats. I mean, and that's the other thing I always bring up with these analytics. They always like to talk like this is new shit. Like this has been going on for a long time. It's just as we've, as social media has been created and it's given a platform for everybody apparently to be involved in sports now. Like back in the day before social media and every and the internet and everything else, to be involved in a sport you actually had to be good at it. And you had to be you had to play. I mean, or else you could be the nerd sitting on the you could be the towel boy. But other than that, it was, you know but now social media has given a platform to every geek so they could feel like and they literally, they literally think they're part of the team. They love to use we and they and us, you know whether it be through a podcast or stats or whatever, um, these dorks think they're a part of the team. So, okay, you know, whatever. But, so you have all these people creating their own little numbers. And I was like, oh, that's why the Oilers aren't successful. They don't even have an analytics team. Really? You don't think the Oilers use analytics? Okay. But you're the you're the numbers guy for OilersNation.com or whatever, so yeah, you'd know, you know. So it's like whatever. I don't know. I don't know what my point of my rambling is. It's just like I said, as I've scrolled and and looked, it's just like, ah, uh, I will say, um, ah, here I'm still doing my, uh, was I doing my advertising? Yes. So anyway, check out Hockey Podcast Network for all your NHL team podcasts. As well as for my off-network friends, as the as the, the ad formation ad ad, ugh, whatever. As I mentioned him before, aforementioned Joe Lazito. Yes, with the Islander, it's one of those days. People, forgive me. Um, he has an Islander enforcer-based podcast called the Coliseum Chronicles, and Joe has had Mick Fakota on, Aaron Asham, Eric Bolton. Uh, he does a great job. Joe's been around because Joe's old. And uh, I actually, I was very surprised. I believe Joe was at the final Islander game. So I was very happy that the Islanders won. It was probably very weird for Joe to still be out with the street lights on. You know, I think he's, you know, he's usually in bed by then. Um, but yeah, Joe was the big bald guy with glasses with the Malakoff jersey that was yelling, we're number one. And uh, yeah, and uh because I can guarantee he's the only one with a Malakoff jersey, other than, like, maybe Mrs. Malakoff. But, uh, yes, he was there to watch them eliminate the Boston Bruins. So, good for Joe. As I said, I, whatever. I mean, I, I guess I'm happy they won because Joe's happy. There, how's that? There. But, uh, no, it'll be an interesting, so I think, who are they playing? They're, ta- they're playing Tampa Bay, and the Knights are playing Montreal. Okay, so I guess I will do my fearless prediction. I will say the Knights in six. And sorry, Joe, I think Tampa Bay in six as well. And then I I actually think the Knights win it this year. Yeah, I think the Knights are going to win the Stanley Cup. 
But either way, I mean, as 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 long as Montreal gets eliminated, as, as I think it was Alex that pointed out, well, then at least every team that wins it will have a tough guy for, you know, whatever passes the top. Well, you got Reeves, Martin, and and uh, Maroon. I don't know if I'd call Maroon a tough guy, but for 2021, I get, you know, and I like Pat Maroon, but I mean, you know, come on. But for the sake of 2021 argument, I guess we can include him. Um and I like Matt Martin and Reeves. Again, I don't... Well, I think Reeves is obviously the toughest of the three, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Now, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as the Facebook folks and say that uh, all of those guys would get ended if they played in the 80s, because I don't think that's true either. But, uh, yeah, it's a little different hockey world these days. But um, regardless, that's sort of like a, a, a team, I guess in the sense that sort of values sort of a tougher, edgier kind of lineup, maybe. So, and then, I mean, this whole, I'm not sure if because they're the, they're the lone Canadian team left. Well, okay, in terms of geographically, I guess. But, I mean, I've never understood because hockey's not based on nationality with teams. Like, there's American teams that have more Canadians than the Canadian teams do. So this idea that, well, no Canadian team has won since, what, 1990, whatever it is. It's like, okay, I guess. I mean, what is it? How many Canadian teams are there? Six out of 32 teams? Well, statistically, should an American team win then? You know, like, if that's how we're going to do it? Like, I don't know. Some people get really wrapped up in this shit. Never made much sense to me, but okay. If you want to yell about Canada not winning the Stanley Cup, then okay. We haven't then, I guess whatever that means, but because I mean, what was the year the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup? They had the most Canadians I believe it was the most Canadians in their roster out of any NHL team so okay, but but it's amazing how some people get really wrapped up into that, it's like it's not real, you know, it's just I don't know, but whatever anyway boy, am I all over the place but anyway, go listen to Joe's podcast. No, seriously, though, Joe does a great job. And, um, yeah, he does. Check it out. And then Dan, Paul, and Kelly over at the Obey the Puck show. And Fred and Dave at the Slewfoot show. A couple current episodes, couple current shows. They talk about, you know, obviously what's happening in the in the week of hockey. And um, not only in the NHL, but in the minors and the women's hockey. And whatever happens to be surrounding the topical issues of the day, they uh, they discuss and as I always say, I listen to them so I don't have to watch. But I stay informed. I have my finger on the pulse, so to speak. Not really. I'm checking. It's dead. I have my finger. There's no pulse. <laughs> Honestly, I really don't know how you guys watch this shit. But anyway, um, what topics are we going to talk about today? Um, as I've rambled for 22 minutes. Um, more just... Uh, uh, I'm looking at my words in my paper. Here it is. Um, the media, I mean, um, just and reporters. And and then at the end, I'm going to talk about with jerseys. I, the topic of somebody had put up a Probert fight video, um, fighting Poshek, I believe. And then the topic of Probert's jersey came off, coming off, and um, which sparked the debate. And of course, Ray's name comes up, and all these people come up. and it was mentioned that 
those they wouldn't be as good without it's sort of cheating that the jerseys came off and blah blah blah. So we'll talk about that at the end here. But uh, um, no, I <clears throat> as I was scrolling Twitter when the games were on, um, and for those that aren't on social media, you'll have I mean I don't know fast forward five minutes or whatever, or stick with me because you won't know what I'm talking about. But um, the official team accounts. Um, are, are just, they're clearly run by like, I, I guess 19 year old interns or something or the owner's 13 year old kid or something like they're so pathetic. And so, Oh, it's, it's just, and I was, I was mentioning this, like, how does anybody re- like, I read this and I'm embarrassed for you. But all these people talk like, oh, the Knights one's so great, or this one's so great, and it's so funny, and because everything has to be funny now, everything's funny. Um, And I guess this is where my age comes out, where I'm like, like I don't know, wouldn't you just use it for like promoting what's at the game, or today's seat cushion day, or whatever, or two for one, or if when you're at the game, two for one Bud Lights, or you know, like use it for the advertising tool, right, or Hey, maybe a player bio or what have you, or some stat on the team or whatever. But this shit talking other teams, but of course they can't like, like swear or anything. I mean, you know, I'm not saying they should, but like just, you know what I mean? Okay, I'm not saying they should swear or anything, but it's just, it's just, it's just like lame shit. It's like kids' humor. And it's like, and I, you know, I can't remember who I was talking to about it. I was just like, it's so lame though. And then it's like, and like the person said, and it's true. It's like, who do you think they're trying to attract with this? And again, and again, it's like something that I, I brought up here. I think last episode, I brought up a million times, but yeah, I guess the general, the demographic on social media, the Gen Z basically demographic, you know, whatever, th- what 13 to 23. I mean, that's the population of the major population of social media. Plus if you're attracting new fans, I mean, that's the next generation of fan. Well, that seems to be right up their alley is like stupid childish shit. So it's like, okay, I guess that's, yeah, I guess that's why I couldn't be in advertising, but it's like, you know, I guess that's what they, and then you'll like, again, I'll be reading on social media and it's like, Oh yeah, this, this account is savage and everything else. And it's like, it's, it's so fucking lame. It's like, I don't know what's savage about that. I mean, it's not even, I'm like, whatever. But I just got me thinking about the whole, like, even when you read these media people, like, I'm not going to say who she is. Cause I was scrolling through Twitter and actually she follows for whatever reason. She actually follows my account. I have no idea why, but, um, she, um, She's a uh, promoter, like she works for the an NHL team. It's right in her bio and everything else. But you scroll her timeline, and it's just like, like her tweet was like, "Why do men have to suck?" You know, and it's like, oh, and then it's like a therapy session online. It's like, really, this is your like you work PR for an NHL team. And like, as the games are on, I mean, she's tweeting about the games or whatever, but get a separate account or lock it down or or do something. It's just like, have some level of professionalism. It's like, I don't, like when people, 
just think back when you think of hockey media and you think of a, a respected hockey journalist, who do you think of? My first response is always Bob McKenzie. Let's use him as an example. Go read Bob McKenzie online or whatever. It's always professional, you know, or it's, it's, if it's, it's whimsical humor. Like, it's just like, you know what I mean? It, there's just a, a quality to it. Go and read these other dorks, the Sid Ciceros and all this shit. It's just pandering or else it's like, say stupid shit for shock value. And I'm not saying Sid does, but like just in general, I've read a few of his tweets lately and it's just like, ugh, you know, but it's, I don't know. There's just, and I'm not saying you can't have your opinion. That's not what I'm talking about at all, but I think it's just the way they approach it. And like, it's always for shock value or I don't know. There's no, and like, who is it? Dom, the, Dom, the analytics guy. Of course, he's the analytics guy for the athletic shocking. It's in his bio, but somebody's talking about, and apparently he's a Leaf fan, I guess, but somebody was kind of ripping on him about the Leafs and he's just like, Oh, go fuck yourself. He tweets. And it's like, Oh yeah. The height of professionalism here. Again, it wasn't like I was offended or anything. I don't care, but I'm just like, if I was the athletic, I'd care. But they don't, clearly, if you look at their writers and what they tweet. I mean, clearly they don't care. I guess they're, it's, they're under this any attention's good attention thing, I suppose, apparently. You know, um, but it's just like this lack of, like, I, I, don't, I don't know, I just don't get it. And it, and it's just, it's just pervasive throughout social media. You know, and I mean, I guess that's the same as, I mean, it's not new because, I mean, that goes back to the Jim Rome and all these idiots that were on TV years and decades and decades ago. And, you know, and it's sports, well, who's that Mike, whatever, in New York? He's a pinhead too. I mean, I mean, but that goes, just goes down to it's shock value and I'll say stupid shit and rile the people up and, you know, they get angry callers and whatever and. Like I said, shit on athletes and everything else, and despite never playing yourself, I mean, whatever. I mean, clearly we're just ironies lost on the on the masses, I suppose. But it's just, I don't know. I don't get it. This my point. I have no point. I guess I'm just sort of rambling today. Like I said, it's a Sunday. Whatever. Actually, I'm recording this Saturday afternoon, but it's Saturday afternoon rambling, I guess. But um, I don't know. But like even like these reporters, like uh, the other night there when the Avalanche got eliminated, who was that Adrian Danter or whatever the guy that in Colorado, like he's a goof too. But he asked some rambling bullshit question to uh, to McKinnon, and McKinnon's just like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, and it's like I feel so sorry for these players having to sit up there day after day, game after game, and you got to field these questions from these morons. And it's just like, like, is that, does anybody really listen? Like, oh, it's part of their job and the players and really post game press conference. Does anyone listen? I mean, the only reason people like that are paying any attention to it is because they're hoping something like this happens, like some gotcha moment or that somebody snaps or whatever. And then we have some television or something or a soundbite. But most of the time, it's just, yeah, no, you know, we got outworked and, uh, 
yeah, you know, you know, they played really strong, and uh, we just let our guard down, and uh, you know, we didn't pay a, play a full sixty minutes, and blah, you know, blah, 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 like just word soup, like just cliches. It's like who gives a shit? Like if the post game press conference went away, would anybody care? Really? Because I mean. Like, I mean, I guess that's the thing. You can ask these... Like, I mean, if something happens in the game, if there's an incident, maybe you can ask. But, I mean, outside of that, what are you really talking about? You got... You lost, or they won. They they scored more than we did. Next. Like, I... You know. What is there to say? You watched the game. You know what happened. Just report it. Like, write out what happened. You know, I don't, what, what do you need to talk to Nathan McKinnon for about getting eliminated? What insights he gonna give you? You know, we played hard, but uh, you know they 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 played really tough on us, and uh, you know Flurry played really great, and uh, yeah, you know real tough tough loss. Everybody in the room's feeling it, but uh, you know we'll be back next year. Like, okay, like who needs to hear that? Like, I don't know. I I I I'm I'm just yapping out loud. I mean, honestly, I I don't get it. I've never understood the, like I said, unless there's an incident to talk about, who cares? Or or get one guy to go talk and then that's it. Like, why do we have to parade them out first, the coach, then the player, then this guy, then that guy? It's all the same shit. Who cares? Like, I don't know. I mean, clearly people do, I guess, cause they, but I have no idea who listens to any of that. I don't know. But, I don't know. Well, that, and then it's, it amazes me with these reporters. You've had three periods to come up with a question. And then when it comes time to the to the press conference, you don't know what to ask. Or, or you try to, are you busy trying to come craft some excellent question where, you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't I, it's just, I guess it's just a job I couldn't do because what, what do you ask them that hasn't been at, like, especially in the playoffs? You know, you've gone an entire seat, and especially if you're like the local reporter, like you've gone all season with these guys. What more? What more is there to talk about? They just lost. They just want to go home. They want to get on a plane and go home. They don't want to talk about this shit. So it's like, I don't know. Who cares? Anyway, well, and I saw Mark Shifley though. I saw him talking, and uh, you know what's so pathetic is that he actually. Like, his family is, like, getting threats from people. And it's just, like... And, and then he, he comes out with a, a video that's posted where he's talking about the hit. And then he talks about what he didn't appreciate, like, the people going after his family and blah, blah, blah. And then even in the replies, yeah, but. Yeah, but is the first thing. Yeah, that's brutal that they're going after their family, but that's a bullshit hit. Blah, blah, blah. It's like you, you morons. You, first of all, anybody tweeting at a player and talking shit to him, you're you're beyond pathetic. Like, just what are you doing? But just to do that, to wish shit over a hockey play, like who gives a shit? Like, you know, I don't know. And they're like, well, and then who's that Eric? Whatever. Of course, another reporter, and of course, he covers Montreal, so. Mark Shifley owes the fan, Montreal fans an apology. Are you shitting me? Who does he owe an apology? He he owes Habs fan eighty two an apology for what? Like, get over yourselves, like you morons. Like, ugh. Again, just douche reporters. 
Like as soon as they start talking, like I don't even have to know who they are. As soon as they start talking, it's like, oh, I know what team you cover instantly. It shouldn't be like that. Like clearly if you went into journalism, yeah, I, I know I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm fantasy land here, but I mean, you're supposed to be impartial when you're a journalist and like these bozos have completely forgotten that. And it's just, it's all, it's like, no, you're basically just a blogger of a fan page is all you are at this point. You have no objectivity, you know, you're just a little fanboy. You just, oh, but you happen to write for the athletic and, or you write for the hockey news, but you know, you're still just a fanboy of a theme. And it's like, yeah, it's like literally reading 15 year old Eric's fan blog on his basement before he goes to bed at night. It's like, but it just happens to be on a national forum. It's just embarrassing. It's almost as embarrassing as this episode is becoming as I ramble. But who are a few of the Facebook topics we have? Well, one of the topics I saw wasn't even really a topic. It was just a comment that I had with a guy. Um, somebody had brought up Brashear. And then he'll go, we the goon. It always amazes me. These guys join these fight groups on Facebook, but then all they do is shit talk fighters, which is amazing to me. Now, I'm not saying every fighter ever you have to love and cherish and everything. No, I mean, everyone's got their favorites and guys they didn't really like or whatever. That's that's not what I'm talking about. But I'm like, there's people that are in the Enforcer Appreciation Group or in the Hockey Hits Brawls and whatever that I, I think genuinely just don't like fighting, really. Well, unless, uh, again, unless you put all your little, it can't be staged, it has to mean something, you have to show respect after, and, you know, these geeks, I mean, you know, but, you know, anyway, we're talking about Brashear, and he's like, oh, he was never that good, he was just a goon, I wouldn't even put him in my, what is it, top fit, somebody had mentioned Brashear being a, a top guy, top guy, LOL. I wouldn't even have him in my top 25. And he was a lousy player. Well, he wasn't a lousy player. I mean, okay. So, see, like, right then when you say stuff like that, just say I disagree or he's not in mine. That's fine. But why do you have... These geeks just have to go the extra mile. He was a lousy player. Well, you can't be a lousy player and play a thousand games in the NHL. Okay, we'll start there. So stop. Second, he scored... 38 goals in the American Hockey League before he got called up. Clearly, he has talent. He played for Team USA at two world championships. Again, now there's, oh, this guy's better. I'm not saying that there isn't better guys. But nonetheless, he was still thought of and asked and came and played on Team USA. Okay, so that I wouldn't, that's a goon. No, he's not a goon. You don't play in, in world championships if you're a goon. So, again, stop. And I don't like Brish. I'm not a brash guy. I don't like Brashier. I'm never, I was never a fan. At the same time, I'm not a, I'd like to think I'm not a moron. Like, I have no problem admitting. Like, yeah, he was a top guy. How many fights did he lose? Really? Take both your hands. Go down and watch all of his fights. Same thing with LaRock. I see you guys shit on LaRock all the time. Take your. How many fights did he lose? You could probably count on two hands. Maybe one hand, legitimately. I'm so, that's, them's the facts. Well, he hugged. Did he really? Okay, well, maybe talk to people that fought him. I have. He didn't. Now, Styles, sure. 
everyone has different styles. Yeah, he wasn't John Morasti. No one's saying he was. But this fact that you don't think Brashear could hit or LaRock could punch or anything like that, well, you've clearly never talked to anybody that fought these guys. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of either, but stop with this stupidity. You sound like an idiot. He was a, just a nothing goon that wasn't even that good. Oh, like just okay. But the last topic, I will. I'm, I'm not going to talk for too long because this this episode has just been a train wreck. But one of the and it, and it's been a topic that's been discussed for a million times over the years. And uh, I'm I'm not really sure if I've addressed it on here or not. I really talked about it, but it was the jersey thing um, with fighting. Now it came up, as I said, some uh, Probert was fighting Poshek in this video. And, you know, Probert loses his jersey and whatever and comes on at the end. You know, the typical Probert fight. And then it, somebody had posted, Probert, if there was a tie-down rule, Probert would have probably only won half of the fights that he did. All right. That's an interesting take on it. Um, and I've and I've seen this before that... Um, Probert only won because his jersey came off, and that's kind of like cheating and everything else. Well, first of all, there was no rule against it, so it wasn't. Um, he certainly wasn't the first guy to ever do this. You know, if you go back and watch fights in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, he, Probert wasn't the first guy to come out of his jersey. Um, everyone knew it was going to happen, and there was nothing preventing the guy that he was fighting from doing that. So it wasn't like, okay, you have to tie yours on, but he's allowed to take his off. There's none of that. So untie yours then. You see what I mean? Like there's no, well, he had an advantage. Well, he didn't have an advantage because everyone's under the same rules. So what advantage is there? He, he just did it where the other guy didn't. Some guys felt more, like I've, like I said, I've had a million players on my show. We always talk about this stuff. Some guys felt more comfortable with their jerseys on. Other guys wanted it to come off, what have you. But at the same time, for all of Probert's jersey coming off, and then, of course, then there's Rob Ray. Well, okay, Ray did take it to the extreme by being naked underneath. Um, again, nothing stopping anybody else from doing that. Um, the thing with Ray... Um, that seems to be overlooked is I actually think he was better when the rule came in that you had to tie down. Of course, that could also be just as he got older and more experienced too. That that probably helped. But I mean, nonetheless, Ray, he didn't falter when the jersey rule came in. So you can't really pin the whole, he was only good because his jersey came off thing. Well, that's not true because he proved that he proved otherwise. Probert played when that rule was around too. Granted, it was in the twilight, sort of towards the end of his career when that because when did that rule came in ninety four. When was Probert done? Two thousand. Yeah, so we had five or six years left. But I mean, you know, it was sort of midway through Probert's career, three quarters of the way through that that rule came in. So I mean, Probert was on the back nine anyway. But I mean, he was he you know he was fine when the jersey stayed on too. Um, but just because we can go beyond the jersey thing. There was, in the mid-80s, whatever, there was tearaway sleeves. There was guys that greased up their jerseys. You had Dave Brown that had the super tight sleeve. Um, you had McSorley wearing the oversized. I guess that's the same as the jersey coming off. But, I mean, oversized in terms of, like, massive sleeves. Um, 
You had people gouging their helmets, sharpening their screws on their helmets. There was always guys doing tricks to things. Um, now the same, you could go the other way with the jerseys, with the tie-downs, you know, because um, every jersey was manufactured with the rear tie-down. But, I mean, there's been guys that have front tie-downs as well. Like, is that, in your mind, cheating? Because with other guys, you could put the jersey and, like, lift it up in front of their face, but you can't with this guy because it's tied down. Is that cheating? Like, yeah, I'm, you know, I don't think so. But, I mean, again, if we're going to make these claims, let's look at all of it. Um, I mean, I get, like I said, I guess at the end of the day with the whole jersey thing, no one was stopping anyone from doing it. So I think... Um, somehow com- calling Probert a cheater or Ray a cheater or whoever is sort of ridiculous because, like I said, it, nothing was stopping anyone else from doing the same thing. And guys were doing... They, everyone had jersey... I shouldn't say everyone. Lots of people had jersey modifications. It didn't just mean coming out of your jersey. Everyone was looking for an advantage. Now, when the tie-down rule came in... And you didn't tie down. Okay, well, then there's you could call that cheat, whatever you want to call cheating. Okay, I, I'll I can give you that one because then it is against the rules. Because well, there was it was against the rules because you got kicked out for that. So okay, but at the time, like I said, there wasn't a rule against that. So at the end of the day, you're fighting to win, to win a fight. Um, you know. It's kill or be killed. Yeah, well, that's a little dramatic, but you know what I'm saying. Um, but it's him or you, right? So it's like, yeah, you were going to take any advantage that you could, or not advantage, but anything that you felt was an advantage and uh, any means necessary. That's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure they didn't give a shit that 30 years later, some pinhead in a Facebook message group would be calling them cheaters and that was against the code. You know, like... Again, everyone has this Marcus of Queensbury checklist that if it doesn't click all the boxes, it's, uh, you know, we're cheating somehow. Or, well, I don't know if his legacy should be, it's a little tarnished. I'm like, oh, okay. It's, it's tarnished because you think so. All right, whatever. Um, like I said, there's lots of ways that guys took advantage of things, you know. So it goes beyond just the jersey coming off. But like I said, that was uh, it wasn't against the rules, so I'm certainly not going to hold it against them. But uh, yeah, guys, I don't know. Um, I think we'll just we'll call it a day here. I am, uh, although I have to go for a barbecue tonight over at my brother's house. He invited us over, so I'm going to go see my nieces and everything, and my parents, and I'm sort of looking forward to that. And uh, to be completely honest, my mind has sort of been elsewhere. Um, rambling and like i said we had a lot of stuff going on and personally um you know nothing tragic or anything but just you know with the house and condo trying to sell and work and everything else um yeah my my mind hasn't been completely in the game and normally as the weeks go on as the week goes on um i have a i have a notepad in the truck and um if something comes to my mind or my something gets brought up on twitter or i see it or whatever and i'm like oh that's a good show to i'll write it down um I really didn't do that this week. Actually, halfway through the week, I was kind of sick, actually. But, um, so yeah, my mind was, uh, 
was elsewhere. So I will completely apologize for uh, today's episode. Um, if I, if I sound a little spaced out and kind of all over the place. Um, and I hate doing that. I, I don't, cause uh, you know, if I'm, if people are going to invest their time, cause time, you know, I mean, yeah, you're doing other things, you're at work or you're commuting, you're driving or whatever. It's, you know, what else are you doing? But I mean, you know, um, if you're, there's so many podcasts out there and, uh, um, I value the fact that you've, you've chosen to listen to, to mine and, um, cause there's a million others to listen to. So I, I definitely want to, um, bring you a worthwhile audio stimulation. And, uh, so when I don't, I, I feel like I've sort of let the troops down here a little bit, but, uh, I'm asking for, uh, you know, please, uh, you know, cut me a break on today's anyway, I'm hoping. And if this is your first time, I hope it's not your last time listening to the show. But if it is, I'll completely understand. But um, no, I will. Uh, I I will say I have uh, hopefully have some good guests lined up here, and when everyone's timetable uh, works out, I will get them on, and um, we will uh, try to do better next time for you guys. But uh, in the meantime. I will be talking to you again on Wednesday, which is just, you know, a few short days away. That's why I see that. That's why I said in the last episode, the turnover is, um, or the, you know, is really, is unbelievable. Like, especially for the interview shows. Cause like I said, from that moment I interview six days from now, I got to come up with another interview. So, um, yeah, pressure's on sometimes getting guys, but, uh, so I don't know who I'm going to get. I haven't interviewed anybody yet. And I got, uh, it's Saturday. So I got, you know, three days to do it. So, um, I will, you know, I guess you'll find out on Wednesday. Uh, but regardless, I will be here on Wednesday to talk to you. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, check me out on social media, fourth line voice on Twitter, uh, as well as on Facebook, um, join the enforcer appreciation group, um, or the uh, hockey fights, hits and brawls page. Definitely check those out. Um, as well, on uh, YouTube, fourth line voice on YouTube, got over 2,500 fight videos on there from junior to pro all the, all the leagues, any league you're looking for junior A, Got some junior, hell, I got some junior B. You want Slave Lake Wolves? I got it. Um, but, uh, LNAH, NHL, Quebec League, uh, East Coast League, what have you. Everything's sorted. So in the little search engine, just type in whatever league. Boom, it'll come up. Um, actually today, this morning, really early at about seven o'clock, um, I uploaded a couple, uh, Mike Segroy, Derek Bugard fights in the American League, as well as Segroy, a really good, uh, Steve McLaren Segroy fight from Utah. That was pretty good. Um, I try to, I try to add fights every week. Like I said, again, right now, a little busy going on. So I, I don't have a lot of time to do that, but I'm going to try. So please subscribe to the channel. Um, yeah. And just, uh, but at the very least, like I said, there's 2,500 videos. So there's definitely a rabbit hole to go down for sure. And, uh, other than that, let's get out of here. I hope everybody has had a very good weekend and, uh, you know, I guess let's attack the work week. I'll talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?